everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. You had a good trip this weekend, right? I did. It was it was good. I would say that uh, it wasn't very restful, though, but it was it was relaxing. Why was it not restful? I don't know. I, Lauren and I were talking about it last night. There was just I I don't feel uh, very physically replenished. My soul <laughs> feels good. That's good. But and, yeah. Yeah, I know. And we didn't really do that much either. It was just, it was really good. Did a lot of reading and um, listened to a lot of, a lot of music being played in the room. And yes, well, I was missing everybody. So hope you guys were well. And yes, how was your, and we already know that you had your wonderful weekend with the spooktacular that was saved. Yes, a saved spooktacular. It was really good. I just briefly, because I already told the story, but the kids have a show that they do every every October and both of them were in it this year and the sound system went down right before the show was supposed to start. But it ended up making the show better because the kids were so much more into it and like loud and like boisterous. And, you know, the crowd was a little down. There was a couple of the actors who on there who really like revved everybody. It was just a great experience. And we're going to go the next two weeks in a row and we're even more excited. <laughs> oh, it's multiple. It's, it's multiple three weeks. There's, Jeez. Yeah, there's... Seven shows. They do seven. When we were in school, we prepare for one night and then you're done. No, this was, and it's great. They do it every year and it's like a fundraiser and they raise money for the Humane Society. And it's like just like a great thing when the school does. It's it's really good. And that they're, they're a teacher. Um, I've gotten, you know, kids are in school for four years. Kids are in chorus for four years. So I'm mm. going to have eight years of working with this teacher. She's fantastic. It's It's just great. What do I got to play today? I have some background music. We've got good news that happened over the weekend. Um, so, oh. yeah, yeah. So listen, Louisiana. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I crossed over. This is my my music. It's gentle. It's nice and gentle for folks today. You know. When I come, when I come to you with the night, this is what plays. It's lo-fi. I love lo-fi. It's good stuff. Lo-fi, uh, and the predecessor to that, the predecessor, uh, predecessor. <laughs> Here's the that, that kind of, that trip-hop. Yes. I love that trip-hop kind of sound, too. Especially when they do some sampling of the old stuff. Yeah, it's like, good. I listen to that. That's my, like, constant running playlist all day long. Yes. Dramatic. Wax Taylor, those those people, I man, I love that. I think that it's an art unto itself to go through decades and decades of old movies and find find uh, clips of anything to be able to to enhance modern electronic music. It's 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 really incredible. It is, it is. What they do nowadays is pretty damn cool. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm d- developing a nice little playlist of this stuff. But um, so Saturday there was a, an election in Louisiana, Frank. For governor. Okay. Now, you may recall that I had Jeff Landry, who's the attorney general of Louisiana, on our show. And I was, like, beaming about him. Amazing guy. Straight up patriot. Super duper duper. You know, just loves the country. Loves the Constitution. Loves everything about it. Was the coolest guy ever. The, The interview got a little bit screwed up. And... He was like, it's the government. Like, he's, he's, he's just awesome. He won. They have, like, a jungle prior, a jungle election where, like, anybody who gets a plurality of the votes, 50% or more, wins. And it usually goes to a runoff. He won, he won outright with more than 50% of the vote. There has been a Democrat governor in that seat for eight years. He was term limited. What was, what's her name in Louisiana? What was the, the governor's name? before yeah because i know that's one of those those odd states where it's in the deep south it uh it, it trends conservative but it usually or at least in recent years it comes out with a democrat uh governor for some reason bell edwards was his name john bell edwards and that's probably because of what new orleans alone is that the major i, I think major? so yeah i believe so because the rest of the state they passed like a no excuse abortion bill They've done all this stuff. So um, he he went, he went. I mean, he's governor now. And I, when, when I interviewed him, 
in my in my everything about me, I'm like future president. Man is just amazing. He really truly is. It it exudes from him how much he cares about this country, freedom, liberty. Like it just pours out of him. His story is amazing. He he's he's I'm just so thrilled for Louisiana. And at the same time, he was the attorney general, right? And he ran for governor. Mm-hmm. At the same time as that's going on, there's a solicitor general, the solicitor general, Liz Merle, who I also had the pleasure of interviewing, who she has, um, sadly, a vaccine-injured son, but it was, has been so vociferously defending Louisians, Louisianians, is that how you say it? Louisianans. <laughs> Louisianans, <laughs> right. San Diegans. <laughs> She's been so defending them. Um from all the nonsense that's going on, she ran for AG. They hit a runoff, so they'll be going into the November, the November election. It's her and one other Democrat. And we just have to now send all of our positive vibes for Liz to take the AG spot. And then I might even move to freaking Louisiana, for goodness sakes, like seriously. I mean, trade one coast for the other, why not? Ah, oh, just, just, just such a great thing. I'm so happy for everybody in Louisiana who will be experiencing freedom because that's are that's. You, are you uh you would you consider that going to Louisiana? I at this point would consider going anywhere that aligned with how I'm feeling. Especially because your your children are knocking on the door of adulthood now. Yeah, it's gonna be the world is my oyster very soon. Yeah. Yep, different, yeah. right? We have such a different life path right now. You're, you've got your, well, you're going to homeschool, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So you've got your little Aurora getting ready to, uh, getting ready to. I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know. I, the one thing I got to ask homeschool parents of, of children who are really, uh, you know, extroverted and want to be out there is what do you do when they start saying, mommy, I want to go to school. They Like they watch a, a movie or something from back in the day when, you know, you're in, you know, kids are in classrooms and they're with their friends all day. Obviously, going to be in classes, going to be in in certain. She's going to be in social settings, going to be on sports teams, whatever the hell she wants to do. She's going to be around kids. But as far as that every day going to school and being around other children in a classroom setting, I mean that used to be a really exciting thing for all of us. And uh, the depictions of those settings are still really uh, fun. And what do you do to say find oh, yeah. a co-op? Well, well, yeah, I'll be looking out for that. That's all. Uh, yeah, okay. I so mean, it's well, like a classroom well, setting. What's what, different for you? When I was in New York, I tried to start a homeschool co-op um, before I left because mm-hmm. I wanted to homeschool the kids. Um, what what basically you do is you find like three or four or five other parents in your situation that want to homeschool, and you. You know, you just convert your 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 house for you switch them between houses one day a week, and you can you know you make your living room a classroom, and then they're all together, and each parent collaborates with the other parents about what they're going to teach each day, and that's a good way to give them the structure of a classroom and playing with their friends and stuff that they wouldn't necessarily get if they were alone homeschooling. Yeah, just something to throw out. It was much different for me. You're absolutely right. It still is. I still send. My kids and I gave them the option to homeschool, and they didn't want to. My kids were like, "I like school too much." Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I know. I think about that all the time. I know that the quality uh, is going to be just as good, if not way better. But you know, they're they're thinking about other things right now. How many more? Ye- How old is she? She's three, right? Just turned three. Yeah. 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 So you got two more years, a year or two. Figure something out. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. It's going to be fun. You're going to have a great time. But Louisiana, that's uh, those are those are some big strides for at least one state. That's good. Yeah, it's super, super. And then we have some something else I wanted to talk about before we get into um, and oh, I found this. I found this article. I wanted to share it with people just real quick before we move on. Okay, this is an article from WDSU, which I guess is a local Louisiana. News site. This was such a breath of fresh air for me to read it. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, Liz Merle and Lindsey Cheek are heading to the runoff for the attorney general race in November. The attorney general seat is currently available after Jeff Landry announced his candidacy for Louisiana governor. 
Liz Merle is currently the Solicitor General for the state. As Solicitor General, Merle has defended Louisiana and its laws in many important cases in the country, state, and federal courts. She has served as a board member for Family Services of Baton Rouge and established the Baton Rouge Bar Association Disaster Recovery Legal Service Project, which provides legal services to people who lost their homes during Katrina. Lindsay Cheek is a Louisiana lawyer who gained notoriety when she took the people responsible for Cancer Alley to court and won. Cheek now litigates on behalf of everyday folks who have been affected by corporate greed and environmental tragedies and works on behalf of women and workers who have developed cancer through no fault of their own. That's it. There's no negative, nasty crap about one or the other. There's no added BS. It's just that. That's the whole article. What is that? That's so crazy. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? <laughs> it was each candidate's description of themselves in an article. That's it. No no carefully chosen adjectives. No. I, it, it's, I'm telling you. Oh. Whatever, yeah, it, it's, 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 I hate it. I even hate reading. That's why from, from time to time, I actually more often than not, I avoid Gateway Pundit. Um, I, I know I'm going to get coverage of, of things that I'm interested in. I understand that they're going to be a little bit more uh a little bit more open they're, they're going to be writing it from a perspective that i would personally probably be looking at it from just because that's where my personal biases uh are uh but other than that i i don't like uh i don't like walking lot in lockstep with the writer if it's an editorial section it's a little bit more okay there's it's the opinion section and i you know what you're getting but man, uh, some of the some of the titles are are crazy too. Like you don't need to put an expletive in your title. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. But you know what you're you know you know what you're gonna get when you go there. Totally, okay. yeah, totally. So, people choose to read. Some people choose to read that. Um, I understand what you're saying though. I I kind of don't um align with it either. The, the refresh. It's it's just so refreshing to feel the neutrality of the of the yes. text. Yes. You know, I like basked in it for a moment. <laughs> okay, what's coming? Up? When when is the anvil falling on me? I, I <laughs> but it doesn't. Wait, That's... I'm like, okay, what what? Where's the insults? Come on, I'm scrolling down the page. I'm like, where's yes. the insults for the conservative or the Democrat? Where is it? It's not here. Beautiful. All right. Good job. So, um, I can inform Consent Action Network, part of the High Wire. It, they filed a lawsuit to um, basically strike down the immunity in the PREP Act. And they're doing it in a really interesting way. So the PREP Act is what shields vaccine and pharmaceutical companies from liability in case of injury. Well, they partnered with um, React 19. We had the founder of React 19 on the show with us um, earlier, like last year, I believe. But the the vaccine injured from React 19, ICANN, and, and a few other plaintiffs are suing the government, saying this basically in a nutshell. And there'll be a lot more coverage of this. If there is a special COVID fund set up for people who are vaccine injured, it has tens of thousands of claims right now in it. They've heard like 50, and they've paid out like on nine. And they've paid out an average of $2,000 for people who have been, quote, vaccine injured. Myocarditis, oh. paralysis, you know, all the basic that, stuff. That, that, that'll cover the sitting in the waiting room for five minutes. Yeah, it's pretty pathetic. But the, the problem is, is that they're not getting either, like, either hurt at all or compensated in proportion to their harm, Right. So, and they can't go after the maker of the vaccine. So Siri, for Aaron Siri, who's also been on the show, for ICANN and, and plaintiffs is arguing that there's no remedy for these people, which is illegal. So they're going to either have to strike the PrEP Act or amend the PrEP Act to make, to make it so that they can get their legal remedy from vaccine manufacturers for their harm. Is that the, is that, is that what the uh, 1986? When it the was started? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a whole um, I can interview with uh, Aaron Siri about the lawsuit on um, on the High Wires website. If we have time at the end, I'll circle I'll circle back like Saki to it, and we'll 
We'll see where we go. But it's it's just something to keep your eye on. Obviously, I'll be following it. It's a federal lawsuit. It's huge for people who are looking for some sort of reimbursement for their terrible suffering. Um, and then, you know, we've got we've got all of course moving on the the house the house debacle that's going on right now. Oh, oh yeah. No, so I saw a little bit of this. The now what who's in the running at this point? Well, it's it's Jim Jordan. That's the only nominee. Yes, right now he's 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 going to be running for the final vote, and what they've been doing is voting in secret, Frank. So they've been voting behind the scenes, and then you know not having to put their their face or their name to their vote, which, depending on the perspective you take, is good or bad. Um, and he's and he's not getting a majority. He did now. He got okay. through, but now he has to he has to get every single Republican. To vote for him to be speaker. This was the nomination for speaker. Now we have to go through the vote for speaker. And there's gotcha. a lot of rumblings and rumors out there that some Republicans are working with the Democrats to get Hakeem Jeffries to be speaker because they hate Jordan so much. Which, listen, Jordan to me has not proven himself to be what he, everybody makes him out to be. But he's still not a Democrat. Okay? He's still Jim Jordan, for goodness sakes. True. It's so, true. It comes down to it. Yeah, I mean, so hey, you know what? If, if anybody, I'm, I'm, I'm totally cool with, um, uh, with anybody on in the the so-called Republican Party going to make overtures that allows Hakeem Jeffries to become House Speaker during a time that there's a Republican majority. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> well, all all but, the names, but is there? The- but is but, there a Republican majority, though, if he's speaker? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just make sure as long as all the names are always public, then it's you go right ahead and do what you got to do. So let, let the apocalypse continue. Everybody needs to be to observe the great reveal. Let's just let it, let it all be revealed. Jim Jordan is saying he wants a public he wants a vote with them. Public public vote on Tuesday, like out in the open. Someone, <laughs> Mira in the chat says Alex Stein for House Speaker. Oh, how amazing would those raps be? What would yes. the State of the Union address? You'd be up there. <laughs> the House would never be adjourned. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. See, someone else said Jordan is probably the best we'll get despite him being Trey Gowdy Jr. And that was Mira the Mind Eye, by the way, in the comments. She deserves credit for that one. Yeah, Mira. Yes. So Thomas Massey warns some Republicans want to cut a deal with Democrat leader Hakeem Jeffries to elect a speaker. With I'll Democrats. Tell, <laughs> tell us who, Thomas. With Democrat, I know. I, I mean, that's the other thing. Some who's some. Who's some? Just nar- narc on them. Just narc on them. <laughs> it would show us that you're loyal to us. The people. The people. Yeah. Um, with Democrats controlling the White House and the Senate, we must not give up control of the House. Republicans should unite behind Jim Jordan as our speaker. They should. They should. That would be the uh, that would be the the reasonable thing. But will they? Is the question. I don't know. Um, well, go on forever. So I, I, it'll probably be resolved. Probably by what do you think? By the end of the week? Oh so yeah, I would assume. I hope. Days. I hope tomorrow. Enough of this already. Oh, yeah. Well, let's see, because Jim uh, Jim Jordan is anybody is going to be in a position where automatically there's going to be a very very stark contrast as to what is going to be uh, uh, acceptable versus what is going to be too much like McCarthy. You have to differentiate yourself so severely from Kevin McCarthy at this point. Jim Jordan could destroy himself with this, literally. Oh, yeah. I know, or, or, I mean, it, it's 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 really amazing. You can either destroy yourself, or you can can completely just skyrocket into into legendary status. Yeah, depending on how he does it. Yeah, with whatever tools you have available, you have the power of the purse, you have the power to subpoena, whatever. Obviously, you don't have the White House, you don't have the Senate, so you're you're, you're you limited. You barely have the House. Sorry, but it's, I mean, you do barely have the house. So we need greater margins for sure. So I guess you can't propel yourself to legend status unless you actually have those things. 
if you have a clear path to actually make uh, bills into law. He has to convince Democrats to concede on major, major things to get anything done at all. Right. That's his job, is to go over to the Democrats and make them concede or see his side on why they should... I mean, if nothing gets done, it might be better than what we're dealing with right now. So, I mean... Maybe having the gavel in his hand will give Jim Jordan a testosterone boost, says Liberty Bell. Yeah, I, I agree with that. If nothing gets done, it'd probably be the best the best thing because obviously you can do the whole Paul Ryan act where when you don't have a when you don't have a, any kind of uh, way of of making any of the, the stuff that you come up with in in uh, in you know in session into law yeah. you can just pass whatever the hell you want symbolically and that doesn't mean anything that doesn't mean anything at all I did mean, they ever read the, the the constitution on the floor of the of the house like you remember when, when kevin mccarthy said we're gonna read the constitution no, they never did anything they said and then everybody made fun of them because they're like in the middle of this nonsense you want it like oh <laughs> <laughs> It's just it, everything is dysfunctional right now, everywhere. Okay, and that that might be a good thing, yeah. honestly. Like I know that sounds crazy to say, but like the dysfunction right now is causing people to go inward. It really is. Right, and I, there should be no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say there's there should be there should be no wondering as to what people said. Why did why did Democrats vote so? So in lockstep against uh, for Kevin McCarthy's removal when they were obviously going to be getting anything they asked from him with very little concession. And said, well, said, well, because they're ruthless, they're going to get money one way or another. But if they can be if they can be responsible for a Republican head of the House, uh, House uh, Speaker to be left out, and then I'll even allow a, a small bit of. You see that there's just dissent among the ranks in the Republican Party to the to the degree where there's waffling about who could even be speaker. There's not unanimous voting on anybody. That right there, which in any other in any other time, any other place, would show that there is enough discernment and enough whatever that it, hey, at least they're not voting. At least that the hive mind is not completely intact over there. That should be a good thing. Um, but of course. Everybody else on the other side, on the Democrat camp, sees this as an opportunity it's to brand blood it in as the water. chaos. Yeah, it's chaos. They they can't even pick a speaker. That's why they voted for it. They're getting their money either way. They oh, just want the illusion of chaos. It's not even necessarily an illusion. It's it's true. There is chaos. What's an illusion about what's going on right now? Honestly, they had no plan B. I keep on saying they they didn't have a plan. Fine. Okay, we got through it, right? We got through it. Now we're trying to find a speaker. There was no plan. We're fighting amongst ourselves. Like the Democrats never outwardly show this, and they are they're like sharks that smell blood in the water, and they're going to take full advantage of it, and they have. They but have. that is something that only exists. That's a chaos that is only that only exists inside of a party mindset. Yes. Or a party of people that you think that that insinuates that there must be unity among that party, those party members. If there are is if there is no factional clan like mentality to politics and everybody's just out there representing the interests of their specific constituents, then dissent is, and not wanting to go along it's just the norm and it should be the norm as you're saying yeah there's, it's a healthy check there's never going to be quote there's never quote unity because everybody has their own perspective on things like there is very rarely a time where you'll sit where you will sit in a room with somebody or 10 people and you will all agree exactly in lockstep with those other nine people there'll be something that you disagree with and then the speaker is supposed to come in in that situation and be like, okay, I'm going to look at this from my higher perspective and figure out how to get this person to do what this person wants. Mm. Yep. We've got Bible verse in the chat. We've got Bible verse. Now, this next story, Frank, really threw me for a loop. This one was funny. 
Georgia man slapped with $1.4 million speeding ticket for driving what? 35 miles per hour over the limit. <laughs> I have to read this. This is great. He was fast and then furious. <laughs> Who that, writes this shit? <laughs> that, wait a second. Dead serious oh. here. Who wait? Who gave him the ticket? Who gave him the ticket? Um, the George, Georgia cops. A man was caught speeding down a Georgia freeway. He was bewildered when cops slapped him with a one point four million dollar ticket last month. Connor Cato was driving home through Savannah on September second when Georgia State Police Patrol caught him going ninety in a fifty five. Now, <laughs> slow it down, buddy. First of all, slow it down just a little. It's twenty miles per over. 75, you might have gotten away. 10 is probably better. 65, 70, maybe. 90? Mm. But you see, in a 55, that tells me you're on a parkway. It was. And and I, I was just driving. I just drove, you know, 120 miles on the Taconic yesterday, mm. which I got to say, Tracy, not to go off track, but go coming home, it was the first time I took the Taconic. Uh, coming home, you know, went to, shot out toward 90, almost like you're going toward Boston, then getting onto Taconic and coming down the parkway instead of doing all the crap. The, it was gorgeous. Beautiful, beautiful drive through the mountains. Gorgeous. Beautiful. The Catskills. And then, and then there's, I mean, it, 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 it really is gorgeous. The mist. Anytime I was, ever got on the Taconic, I was always at peace. Just a beautiful drive. I, I agree with you. If you've never been yeah. on the Taconic in New York, get on it. The magic kind of breaks up a little bit once you get to get around Poughkeepsie. Yeah, but um, yeah. But but anyway, anyway, that is that's fifty-five mile an hour speed limit, and I would never go anywhere near ninety on that, just because these are you're talking about windier roads, uh, and even the straightaways, there can be a deer popping out at any damn moment. That's the Taconic, the not not through Savannah, Georgia, though. Down no. here, it's it's it's. Just flat? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Unless you're in north, you know, the western part of South Carolina up towards North Carolina in the mountains, yes, it's it's just a straightaway. So, mm. anyway, while he expected a hefty fine, Cato was astounded when he was handed the seven-finger, seven-finger, seven-figure charge. Seven-finger treatment, my friend. <laughs> now step out of the car, please. I'm going to give you... <laughs> I've got you're, getting, you're getting the full treatment. <laughs> he called the court assuming the fee was a typo but was reportedly told he either had to pay the sum or appear in court 1.4 million the lady told me on the phone i said this might be a typo and she said no sir you either pay the amount of the ticket or you come to court december 21st at 1 30 and what and what he's really going to be made to pay one point what million and a half dollars criminal defense attorney sne patel what a name sne we have the knights who say nee. That's what it reminds <laughs> me of. Said he had never seen such a high fine for a misdemeanor. Not 1.4 million. That's something that goes in cases that are like drug trafficking, murders, or aggravated assaults. <laughs> Luckily for Cato, the massive price actually reflected a, quote, placeholder that he was never expected to pay. The staggering figure was generated by e-citation software used by the local recorder's court that is automatically applied to super speeders. Anyone caught speeding more than 35 miles over the speed limit said Joshua Peacock, a spokesman for Savannah City Government. A judge will set the real fine, which can't exceed $1,000 plus state-mandated costs at the end of the court appearance. We don't issue that placeholder as a threat to scare anybody into court, even if this person heard differently from somebody in our organization. Come on! What the hell do you issue it for then? <laughs> like, you, pay, you either pay it or you come to court? Uh, what the hell? I, I mean, if that's the case... Like, what? Who had, first of all, that man, I don't know, I don't know about his, his abundance or anything, but hit that man and his $1.4 million, where is he going to pull that out of? I bet he doesn't even have anything near $1.4 million in assets at all, let alone. Well, well, you don't even need anybody at the, at the, the, the police station or the courthouse to make any statement. That is just, is what is inherent in any ticket you get He's on the road. You have to pay it. <laughs> are, are you going to pay it or are you going to challenge it? You, you only have two choices. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to call anybody. That's just what's going on. 
Jeez. Wow. The programmers who designed the software use the largest number possible because super speeder tickets are a mandatory court appearance and don't have a fine amount attached to them when issued by police. The city has been using the new system since 2017, but it's currently working on adjusting the placeholder language to avoid any confusion. I want I want a copy of that ticket. I, he should frame that and put it up on his wall. That is a story he can tell for the rest of his life. Mm. I, I I would keep it. Right? Keep that ticket. I mean, you're still going to have to pay $1,000. That sucks. But then again, you did 90 out of 55. I, one, I'll never forget one time. We were driving to go to Virginia Beach. And you know, it was like that very long, long... Have you ever been to Virginia Beach before? Uh, and no. It's just... Not- it's just... It, it's bridge after bridge. It's just this long-ass bridge and then you come into this town as you're coming over the bridge and the speed limit goes from 65 or something to like 30 in like two seconds it's just once you get over that bridge it's 30 that this virginia cops don't play man this cop jumped in front of us like this holding his arms (laughs) will was beside himself trying to slow down and stop like beside himself got a ticket in virginia i'll be I mean, literally, like, like with his arm out. And... <laughs> Crazy. Did he scream halt? I don't know. We were too busy screaming ourselves. Like, ah! We saw. And things change when you get into Virginia. I remember it, it, there's always something on the road there, too. And the highway department in Virginia is not, not really that good. At least at least on that, that 95. Because they all use the, the aircraft. It's all aircraft there. Yeah. That's where you start I, seeing that sign. Because you know, because when I when I always cross into North Carolina from Virginia, all of a sudden, it is just it's just beautiful. The highways are just perfectly manicured. The trees, everything is great. And Virginia is just kind of like meth. And <laughs> and I'll tell you, and it, it, but the, here's the other thing with Virginia. The last time that we were when we were driving down there last summer, I said, Laura, what the hell is this coming up? There was a this crazy looking car that was modified and it said and i'm not talking about modified in a good way it's like dumpy and the front end was taken off and the bumper was replaced by a like an uh, a deer's head with antlers and then on the back it says it said something about i love meth and i swear to god this is i love meth. and i said wow i said that is some that's some confidence. That's confidence right there. To let everybody know you love meth as you're yeah, driving along that. with an antler head on the front of your car. That's like, yeah. did, did you see the guy that was transporting his bull to the fair in the passenger seat of his car? Yes, I saw that. That was something too. Briefly showed up on a reel. Yeah, that was nuts. I felt like I was at home. Was it? Oh look, <laughs> you felt like you were at home. Yeah, so you, you get you get crazy weird stuff like that up here and a little bit more. Do you? Yeah, and you know, and you know, upstate New York too. For for everything for everything that uh, Southerners feel they don't have in common with New Yorkers, they they don't they don't understand upstate. They don't understand even ten miles above Westchester County. It's um, it's a whole it, new world. It's completely different. I mean, if it weren't for the foliage. If it weren't for the bear trees and where we were, even going, even being up in the Adirondack, I mean, it's not down there in, in uh, the Carolinas and stuff. There's no, I've never been around mountains. Oh, and there's stuff. mountains. I haven't seen them. Oh, they're beautiful. Oh, I've been there. You, you need to go. It's beautiful. The people, I mean, it is the same thing. They, it's weird that they actually have like a drawl. Do they really? There's a, I don't know where the hell it comes from. Maybe it's just country living but uh it's just i mean cities are just a different culture no matter what what state you're in everything i I love the differences and stuff as a matter of fact um there's a gentleman who's going to start writing for uh uncover dc and it's it's basically he lives in a town of 49 okay 49 people and he's gonna talk about current events from the rural americans perspective because i don't think we hear from people enough that live in rural america about certain things definitely not that rural yeah so who's the mayor i don't know i'll find out though i mean like 49 that must be mostly one 
one family, no? There were 13. I have 49 people here for, for Memorial Day. There were 13 people in his daughter's graduating class, and that was like a culmination of a few towns. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. They, they have to do that. That's what they're doing. That's what they did up in that small town in Vermont that I went to for the health retreat. I asked some locals, you know, I, I just strike up conversations with people because I get interested in how things work. And I saw that there was a uh, the high school, and I, you know, said, so what's the, the largest graduating class? I said, well, it, it's it's a regional school, so we have several towns that send their children here. And each, there's probably about 200, 250 children per class. I said, oh, okay. Well, they were able to cobble together a bigger, yeah. that's bigger than what I had. Yeah. I had a, I had a lot in my graduating class. I think I had almost 400 in mine. Well, I, I, we we stay that like was Minerva. one town. In one town? Yeah, Farming Farmingdale. Yeah. So we, we were in Minerva for you know we we spent a lot of time in the Minerva area in uh, upstate, and I love going into all the school records and stuff. And there's 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 central schools there that go K through twelve that have graduating classes that are less than eighty. Wow. And like think about how intimate you That's get nice. with kids in your school if you're with them from k to 12 and then to go away to college i mean think about that kind of culture shock yeah that's a huge that's a huge shock that's a huge jump yeah i have a um a new song to start our next little segment want to hear it yeah this is from arizona informer this is a good one right So I asked people over the weekend, Frank, to send in stories of times that they're, they followed their gut instinct and it worked out in a magnificent way for them. Because I'm trying to like personally focus on right now instead of two hours from now, yesterday, six hours from now, a month from now. Because we really only have control over literally right now. And that's how our instinct works. A lot of the times when you make a decision based on what your instinct tells you, it's not about something that's going to happen six months from now. It's about whether or not you're going to leave that door open or you're going to jump in, you know, this aisle or if you're going to buy that lottery ticket or. Yeah. You yeah. got one? You got one? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, dig. obviously we all have one. But it's like one of those things like, you know, uh, now they all escape. I'm, I, I'll, I'll listen to what people submitted. I got, I got a whole bunch of them. Got a whole bunch of them. Okay. Some, some more beautiful, some more averting catastrophe. There's no way for me. To, there we go. All right. I went to a jazz festival in New York with my cousin and her friends. They have inside and outside lawn seats. They were sold out of the amphitheater seats, so we sat on the lawn. When I saw the lineup, B.B. King, Natalie Cole, and more, I wanted to sit inside. Being an all-day event, you can get your hand stamped and come back later, so I went outside to see if there were any cancellations. As I approached the window, a woman asked me if I wanted to buy a ticket as her friend was sick. I did. As I turned to go back in, friends I was going to meet there were right in front of me. One of them gave me the money for their lawn seat, and he went in with my ticket with my hand stamped. I even got my money back for the first ticket. I got my ticket from him and went inside. Dummy me, I didn't realize I'd be sitting next to that woman all day long. 12 full hours next to someone you don't know because you took their friend's ticket. 364 days later, I married her. Oh. So that was one. I have a little more to that story I'll save for the next so they, one. They had the, 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 the wedding day was on the concert anniversary. Oh, I didn't even ask that. That's a good question. Well, it's 364 days. Oh, yeah, days yeah, later. yeah. The wedding day was on the concert anniversary, yes. Okay, Atlanta, Georgia, where I grew up, had become by 2002 too big, too busy, too overdeveloped, too noisy, too dangerous, and I wanted to leave Atlanta for some time, but where would I go? After a little research, I had a hunch that I should just pick up and move to Asheville, North Carolina, where I would never leave. The fear of being stuck in a place I hated was very motivating. It was a risky move, but I did it. I loaded up a U-Haul truck with my car in tow, booked two nights at the Asheville Downtown Inn and Suites, and that was the extent of my planning. 
I drove up mountain roads alone in a rickety truck, and 20 years later, I'm still here. It was the best decision I ever made. Think about that for a second. You just literally, I need to, I'm going to Asheville. Pack everything, you just go. Yeah. Think about having the, the freedom to do that. The, the, the flexibility. I'm just the, the jealous of the flexibility to do something like that. Then again. Technically, you do have the flexibility to do yeah, something. Yeah, technically. Technically. But if, in if reality. You, if you really wanted to, Frank, you could. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm starting to realize with these stories? Um, I have, I definitely have, a, a, there's another category there, too, of wanting something and and being being shown another way instead oh that's fine you know yeah uh, whereas you're where you have a gut feeling about something you, you you flip a light switch you go back into the house for something and you realize that the the the, the, the gas stove was on like oh what what i feel yes. weird i gotta go inside you go you know something like that but then there's other things like you know you really, really want this one car. You really want this this house. You want this one living arrangement to come through, and you realize in in the the, the in the dis, during the, the that process of being dismayed that it's not going to work out the way that you want it. You realize that there was actually another more efficient path to getting what you want, rearranging, remodeling, whatever. Uh, that's kind of what happened over here in the last year. Um, in our first way. A first wave through so but that's a little bit off topic well i'm trying it, to give it feeds into something that we can talk about honestly because it seems like so for you in that situation did you ultimately come to the conclusion that you were good where you were and that trying to make something happen wasn't necessarily the best path because of all the resistance and then you were struck with the idea to remodel yeah, yeah, because then we also start thinking of, you know, I mean, it would be nice to have a nice big piece of property that you can, you know, hold as an asset and then then fly the coop because that's one thing I think we all we all believe over here that it's not we're not retiring in New York, we're not retiring around here. So it's a uh, it's a matter of quieting yourself down and just a and just getting into the water and uh, and and allowing the current to take you certain places yep. you don't want to hit up against the the rocks but you you want to you want to get into that flow zone um god will take you in mysterious ways if you let it if you let it all be what's the it's let go let god right i mean you're throwing what you want out there you feel good in 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 what i've found is the most important thing is to make sure you're happy now and everything else just falls into place be happy now yeah. The, the resistance you put out there from yearning for something or pushing for something or striving for something or fighting through through brick walls, like you said, for something, it, it messes everything else up. Here, here's What you resist persists. Amen. A hundred percent. What's the other one? Oh, you know, I, I guess radio in general. I That was two, 2006. I, I had, I, 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 when I got to college, I said I wanted to join extracurricular activities because I didn't join any clubs in high school. I didn't do drama. I didn't do, I didn't learn chess. I didn't do anything like that, a foreign language. I didn't do anything. So I said, all right, well, this basically, basically in high school, I was just doing my own band. And it's, that was keeping up in college too. Uh, but when I got there, I saw different things. There was a music industry, a music business club that I got together. We helped compile, you know, you know music contacts and all that into a, a thing but then there was also the radio club and i said okay well i i'm going to join this club and there was no slots or anything there so i just just put my name down i went to a few meetings and i was in the club and it wasn't until february like late january 2006 that my friend megan got in touch with me she said hey frank we've got a um we've got a saturday morning 1 a.m slot over <laughs> here uh do you do, do would you want it nobody wants it and i looked at anthony and mike i said well what the hell do we do on a friday night let's do it well let's just you know let's just stay up we'll go to dunkin donuts at you know midnight get over to manhattanville and we'll put together some skits for the for for on air and we you know we, we took a slot nobody wanted 
we got we actually won a ended up winning an award for more, most creative setup because we had to modify the studio to take there was a little like it's like a seven by seven radio room and we had to modify it by by getting xlr cables out of some of the open slots in the uh in the mixer there and bring new microphones out into the waiting room so that we can get guests, guests and other and co-hosts in there and people who and and they were they were just like what have you what have you guys done you brought more people <laughs> into the show we're interviewing kids as they're students as they're walking by this the radio station and uh, we loved it so much that we said well we can't just wait until next semester to start to do this again so that's when we started going home and frankensteining together a a setup that we could we can do on the internet by may of 2006 and here you are with your little tape recorder playing there i am <laughs> yes tape there recorders. you go instinct for for extracurriculars i've got another crazy moving story yeah in 2022 my husband and i decided to sell our house in ohio and move to florida we put our entire moving truck items in a storage unit and stayed with an awful man on Airbnb with our three cats and one dog. After two months and eight birds, we won a bid on the perfect house, then moved to a Motel 6 for three weeks while we met all kinds of people, mostly transient folks. Other financial issues occurred even after the move, but we made it. They made it and they're happy. This is another really good one we'll read before we end today. It's interesting. In January of 2021, I posted a meme on my personal social media page of a political cartoon showing a Democrat transgender woman scaring little girls out of girls' bathrooms. At the time, I was a fire captain in Lynchburg, Virginia, and my social media page didn't mention anywhere on it where I worked or what I did. A local group's Hill City Pride came after me and my job. My gut and convictions told me not to back down and not to apologize, which the fire chief wanted me to do. So they started to process and get rid of me, and 10 months later, they did. I followed my gut and my convictions. I couldn't be canceled by 2000 and by the LGBTQ plus mob. At the time, we had a Democrat majority in Lynchburg City Council. In 2022, I put my name in the hat for Republican nomination for the council. In November of 2022, myself and two other Republicans flipped the balance of power and flipped three Democrat seats, joining two other Republicans and turning a 5-2 majority over to Republicans. I followed my gut and never caved. And now I am on the Lynchburg City Council after they fired me in 2021. Where'd you go? Your mic. Nice. <laughs> so were they part of any kind of, um, I don't know, policy-based retooling of the workplace he, afterwards he stopped there I, I will i will write back to him and ask him though well hey that's a that's a that's a great term turn either way like if if something's telling you and again that gut instinct is always for the in the now it's not for in 10 years my gut tells me i should take a turn at the end of the street here and go right it's for the right now literally yeah. now we don't even have control over the next second okay so everybody Every day should try and just spend a little time appreciating the literal right now because that's where everything comes from. Everything. Yep. And that's it's, it. It's an internal barometer that gives you instant feedback. Literal instant feedback. And, and it's sometimes so, but sometimes there there are premonitions. Sometimes there are premonitions and and it's it's crazy because the um you know, you see well this this right here seven years from now i'm going to be forced with taking either a right hand turn or a left hand turn and i gotta make the right one but it, it won't be like that but i have found that you will get premonitions a greater sense that, of knowing yeah through situation you'll say okay this is a very interesting predicament that i'm seeing in my head right now and you actually work out situations that you could be in and 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 you'll balance out what decisions you would make in that situation where it, it'll just you'll prepare yourself for things that may seem obscure but then all of a sudden you have it in your rolodex of things to do you know you've worked it out already and then all so, of a sudden the path will just kind of open itself up to you it, it's yeah. just the way it works it's the way it works yeah it's amazing or it, it crazier even more so if you've worked out if you've actually experienced something in your mind if you've worked out something, you've seen it happen. You've you've gone through it, and um, and you've acted it out more more often than not. Sometimes you'll actually um, 
you'll actually avoid you'll change the timelines you'll have already maybe created it in an artificial sense perhaps but through manual override and what you're you're projecting in your mind you'll have already created a memory of having done something and avoiding something and having closure on it and you'll actually avoid it it's true and that's why i did the intro to to uh quantum physics on wednesday show frank because i want people to start thinking like if they're you know if they're open-minded enough to start thinking about what you just said i think we have a ton to explore together on this show in regards to current events politics all of it there there's definitely crossover here that we can use to our advantage and be happy while we do it yeah we can also all uh, we can also concentrate collectively concentrate on us uh, like a storm see if we can we can dissipate a storm system somewhere or we i mean focus on more of what we want for for the world right or dissipate a storm system or we, we can we can do some pretty cool stuff i think we should try it that would be fun. That's it for today. I have an ag- exit song for us. It's a little bit different. Okay. I, let's see what happens here. Let me stop my little retro lo-fi crazy cozy night coffee music and such a good channel. Throw this Coffee's on. next. Coffee's next. You guys have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with... Thank you, Bell, on the drums and... Beans! You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com or Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time on, on Rumble Getter and streaming live on X. Don't forget Frank's show Monday through Friday at 7 p.m., Quite frankly, TV or Rumble. Tuesdays and Thursdays, got a side of beans. We'll be back here on Wednesday, right, Frank? Yep. See you then. See you then. Later. Later.